0: Welcome to the Slam Radio Podcast featuring Kane Gang.
1: I'm hurt, dog. Don't ask me if I'm alright. Hell no. Joaquin said dominate, and we not doing it. I'm putting my heart in, this, dog. Let's go, man. Let's go. Kane Gang. Kane Gang. Kane Gang. Kane Gang.
0: You're Kane listening gang. to Kane gang, Kane gang only on SiriusXM Exam 145 Kane gang. Slam you Radio. Boy, you green. That's Kane gang.
2: Ready
3: storm What's good out there, everybody? How's everybody doing here on this great week? It's your boy DC. We got the whole gang joining us today here on the Kang Gang Radio Show, Sirius XM Channel 145. We got the man out in Utah with the uh, – I'm going to start calling him the Go Bear fan, uh, fan club You know, member, uh, president. J-Man out there in Utah. Got the Dirty Bird flipping up in Port yeah. St. Lucie. And mm-hmm. our baseball insider, my boy Vic down there in Homestead. Yo, what's up, guys? How you guys doing today?
4: Feeling good, man. Yeah, not J-Man. too bad, guys. Pretty J-Man. uh
3: J-Man, did you watch the All-Star game?
4: You know, did I, you see I, it watched, I watched a little bit of it. He had a nice dunk, you know?
5: <laughs> Nobody watched the All-Star game, man. Their yeah. ratings were so bad.
4: Bro, yeah. all that I can say is
3: before we talk about anything else, can we just talk about how sick the shooting of, like, Damian Lillard and Steph Curry was? I don't care about anything else, yeah. but they were just raining half-court shots left and right. It was stupid.
4: It was incredible. Yeah.
3: It literally was just – and yeah. so the last shot to win the game, obviously that 170 point, but that's like equivalent to – okay, so that half-court shot's got to be like an equivalent to like a walk-off grand slam. Like Buddy yeah. just pulls off from half-court and just buries a three to end the game. Yep. So that's like a walk-off, right? Like you just <laughs> – what do you doing? <laughs> so listen, man, a lot has been going on this week, man. Uh, there's a lot to talk about. Obviously, we'll talk Kane's uh, basketball, you know, later on. Um, but I really want to yeah. jump real quick to Kane's baseball. And I, well, obviously, we have you know spring practice starting on Monday. That's going to be exciting. We're definitely going to get into that. But you know, again, you come off of this defeat per se. You know, losing losing two or three at B- uh, from VTEC at home. You go up to NC State, you smack them a little bit, you know, some home run dingers were coming, you know, flying, flying balls going out of the yard. And then you follow it up with a midweek game at FAU, you know, down here at the light, and you just literally open up a can on them.
6: Man. So,
3: what do you guys think about the Cane baseball so far? Promising. What's about?
1: Promising. <laughs> Promising.
5: Promising. Yeah, right. you know, it was – it was really nice just to see the bats come up, bats come alive, right? And I'm sure Vic, that's probably right where you're going. So go ahead, and oh, take it away.
1: Um, I mean, again, I'm I'm glad basically Ryan just mentioned that it was really great to see the bats pretty much wake up early. I mean, again, Jake kind of got you know hit up early in the game basically, you know, and I'm like at least like the one run run right off the bat with a triple to open up. on like good good grief, because I mean Jake really got rocked you know quite a bit in the NC State series basically. So, but, I mean, he really settled down, really pitched a great game, basically. Adrian Del Castillo got a three-run home run. You know, we got some really timely hitting. The defense is still a little bit shoddy, okay, as far as – That, is, game that game. is true. Midfield,
3: I think, needs to really step up, man. you know, Correct. couple errors here and there. But, I mean, again, it's still early in the season, but I'd rather get that kind of out of the way now as you get but, going forward. So, go ahead, Vic.
1: Sorry. No, it's okay. I really feel going forward – we we need to we need to establish a Friday starter. To be honest, I don't think Danny is ready to be a starter yet. Okay, I think honestly he's much more well meant to be like a middle reliever. You know I mean? It's a big step when you're going, and at least for him, remember he was our closer last year, and you're basically trying to switch him over to being your Friday night starter, which is technically your ace. You know, I don't think he's ready to handle that as of yet. The transition's not there. Okay, so that's something that's going to have to be addressed at least in a couple of weeks to come, you know, because let's again remember something: we've got a three-game series coming up this weekend, basically, okay, and then we've got FSU next weekend, and that's going to be a huge series for us.
3: Oh man, is okay. it? That's going to be critical. I mean, and again, it see, I want to see what happens this week. Um, Again, what's the momentum like? How is the carryover? I mean, obviously, you know, you just won the last—you won three in a row. What's the carryover on this weekend? How are we looking? Are we looking lethargic? Are we looking like we're ready to play? Are you coming out ready to set an example from Rip? Like that's what I want to see as far as mentality. You put the last three games behind you; those those games are in the bag. Let's look at the next opponent. Let's go forward. Let's not look to FSU. Let's look at what we have. Again, I'm a big <laughs> proponent of taking 2 or 3 from every series. I right. mean, to me that's how you build momentum, taking 2 or 3. Even if you lose one of the games, long as it's competitive, long as it's close, again, stupid errors, untimely hitting, you know, based on balls from the pitchers, you know, just things like that, that's going to happen. It's just baseball, right? You never know right. what the strike zone is going to be from from the umpire behind the plate. So you just got to, you know, go out there and do the best you can. But it's very important not to look ahead to that FSU weekend.
1: Right. I mean, because we got Wake Forest coming in for a three-game set this weekend. You know, now one thing I was about to say before we started to, to delve into as far as getting everything together, bullpen-wise, basically as far as like going seventh in the ninth inning, you know, look, you've got Arguez and then Palmquist is sick. Palmquist has got like some wickedly yeah. stuff basically. So, I mean, without a doubt, I think it's almost safe to say that we found our closer.
5: You know, can I can't point out one thing I'm I'm disappointed in though? Uh, Alex Terrell, man, <laughs> you know, um, through, Alex, the, through yeah. the first few years. yeah, I mean, he's he's at, you know he's batting 167 right now, and you know, he's only got four hits and in 24 at bats as we're uh, as we're going there, and uh, and only one RBI for him. Man, I think I think I expected a little more from him, is a little more pop. I mean, it's still early, right? He could still heat up, but. Uh, right. You know, he's probably the only guy who's like, you know, some, somewhat slumping right now. I mean, I guess you could probably put Gil in there too, but
3: right. Gil's, um, Gil's batting
1: 143, bro. Like, that's crazy. Yeah. You, the hot bat, man, Yohandri Morales, man. Yohandri is like, Yo-yo. 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 yo, yo. Yo, yo. he's been killing it. Big time. Yo, know, him yeah. and all the other
7: 360. You
1: know, Christian Del Castillo, basic. I mean, finally, Adrian started to get some pop in his bat. But Christian's yeah. probably been probably the most consistent here,
5: to be honest with you. So, so uh, Yo-Yo, Adrian, and Christian have combined for 31 RBIs to start the year. Uh, that's massive. That is that is crazy. And I mean, that's in what uh, – I think we played 10 games so far, right? right. I mean, right. Yep. You know, those three guys are batting in just the three of them, you know, 3.1 runs per game between just those three guys. Correct. You know, um, that's uh, that's pretty impressive, man. But
3: you know what's kind of funny too is you look at that first weekend um against Florida and and you look at someone like Tony Jenkins who had a, a monster series sure I have not know anything since that I think he's batting a little over like like maybe like 105 or something it's it's that's the game of baseball man you just go through slumps you know but it's like like yeah. where is where's Tony and like I mentioned last week on the show you know you had someone like Lala who's leading off batting, you know, mid, mid twos, you know, or low twos. And it's like, you can't have that from your leadoff. Your top three batters got to get production. You got to get on base. I don't care if it's small ball. You literally have to get on base in order to try to let your power hitters come up and drive you in. Um, I'm just, I'm not sold on, some, but again, the guys are young, right? So there's a lot of young guys on this team. You hear about the freshmen, freshman, a freshman. So I'm excited. I thought Jake actually did fairly well um, on the outing. Um, he was able to settle in. And, and again, like, he's a big gunslinger, man. Like, he can bring the fire. And, you know, he's just, he's a big dude. He's, a bird. he's up there from like the Jupiter area, if I'm not mistaken. I think it was yeah, the Jupiter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. And, yep. uh, I know he knows him, him, my boy Shane Robinson knows him pretty well because um, Shane's son, Mikey, actually played baseball with uh, Jake. Um, a couple years back when they won a state, when they won a state title. So, you know, Jake, Jake's a big slinger. And, and I think it's the more reps he gets and the more times he gets into the rotation, I think that only builds confidence. Right. Mm-hmm. And again, I'm a big proponent. This is me, only me. Like I don't care about striking everybody out. I, I care about putting the ball in play. You have seven defenders behind you and, in order to help you. So, again, to me, that's why when I see a bunch of walks after walks, I'm like, bro, just throw the ball down. Like, I'm not saying just give them, like, you know, Swiss cheese and let let them hammer it, you know what I mean? Like, but at least put it over the plate. Let, let your defense work. I would rather them hit the ball, whether it's a pop-up, a ground ball, a line drive, something, at least your defense can work, you know what I mean? So, I don't know.
5: You know what's crazy looking at the uh, stats, too, and I'm, I'm looking at the pitching stats right now, JP Gates. Uh, so he's appeared in four games right now. You know how many innings pitched he has? <laughs> Point one. <laughs> I mean, this guy. I know he's inherited some really tough situations, but dude, he has been getting rocked in those right. appearances that he's been in there. And I love that kid too, man. I you know I want to see, uh, you know I want to see him settle down a little bit, man. But a uh, tough start for him.
1: I I mean, talking about JP, two things. One, I'd like to see him get more developed at the plate to be honest with you, because, again, to me, I I think probably the best advantage that we can get out of him is what he can end up doing in the middle of the order, to be honest with you, okay? And then second, I think, in essence, they're still trying to find their identity pitching-wise, basically, to see where he might fit in, you know? going real Before I forget, Derek mentioned something with regards to Tony. Look, exactly. His bat basically has not been as great as you would want it to be, but defensively, Man, Tony has made some great catches and some great plays on center field. Without a doubt. You know, that, that one thing about that. Go ahead, please.
3: Yeah, I mean, obviously, the fielding kind of offsets the batting, right, To to an extent. I mean, you can find somebody who's also good with the glove who just might be a little bit better at the bat right now. Mm-hmm. So, and that's the crazy thing about baseball, too, is – lineup changes and who's playing i've never understood why well, i need a rest bro you're playing baseball like, <laughs> like please please help me out on this right you you see it in the pros too like I oh, we need to take a couple days off from resting. like i'm not talking about pitching i'm talking about infield or outfield like what are you really doing that you have to take like a day off or two days off a rest i mean can can you elaborate for me can someone break that down for me because I just don't get – you're not squatting behind the plate the whole game, so you're not catching. Really, your pitcher and your catcher and potentially your first baseman really have the most movement um, throughout the whole game, right? Whether you're, you know, pitchers throwing over to first to try to you know keep a guy, you know, from from stealing the bag. But, again, it's really pitch and catch, you know, so you've got three positions that are really doing most of the work. The other guys kind of just sit around and, you know,
1: you know buy time.
4: Hey, Go <laughs> that, that
3: – Don't that
1: forget – Basement.
4: Yep. <laughs> What's that, that, that vitamin D overdose is dangerous, man. Those guys stand in the outfield all day. <laughs> they're, they're probably tired after all that uh, vitamin D.
3: Man, you better put some SP65 on or something like that. I don't <laughs> care what it is. You, right.
6: got
3: a on, you got glasses on. They're wearing sleeves on their arms. So listen. I know you're in South Florida, and I know the Rays shine a little bit brighter down here than it does over in Utah. But at the same time, bro, it's not like you're getting baked out there, you know. They're they're fully geared up, so they they have opportunity to stay to stay hydrated, to you know things
1: like that. Yo, bro, what you got?
5: So so I wanted to ask Vic. I mean, are, are you going to be at the uh, Wake Forest series the uh, this weekend? Were you able to score I, tickets? Or?
1: I actually just got invited to the Wake Forest game on Saturday, just like nice. a couple. So, definitely. yeah, the ticket
5: thing is the ticket thing is crazy because you know, I'm watching this, and you know, I just really feel that this team has all the all the elements that it takes to have a magical season. I mean, of course, you know, the ball's gotta you know gotta gotta come across the plate in the right position for us and all that, and you know things have to have to happen, man. but uh, you know, it's it's like so hard to get tickets. There's a couple tickets for Florida State, but they're like, you know, two hundred bucks a pop. And I'm like, yeah. for college baseball game in the middle of the regular season, like, Wild. I say we drive
1: down there and we just park up on the on the parking garage.
5: Top row of the parking deck.
1: Bro, and Dude, see what happens. That's look, you, Derek, you know who just talked to me about that tonight? Mark Drobiards. There has been, put it this way, almost about 50 to 70 fans that go to that top floor in that parking garage basically, park up there basically. They've even got generators and everything, and they just sit and watch the game from up there. You think the you I'm
3: there. there. I'm just—I don't know. That's what I'm saying. Do you think campus <laughs> police will patrol and kick
1: and kick people? No, out? they haven't done anything. They haven't yeah. done anything. Yeah, the time we go down there is when we get kicked out. Exactly. Put it this way: there's like the co radar ends up like flipping off. <laughs>
5: <laughs> we already know your your compliance is best friend, buddy. So,
3: right. I love <laughs> compliance. I, I wish I could work in compliance. You know, I think you also, listen. Compliance, if you guys are listening, my phone number is 754-281-6600. You can reach me at KFanco <laughs> at gmail.com. You can catch me at co at the Um, you know, <laughs> wherever you need to find me at. I put off my city 74 on IG, Kane at Twitter. You know, listen, guys, I'm not I'm not going anywhere. You guys know where I'm at. You guys not got all my
4: info now. So just just hit me up. Hey, now that I got your phone number to text you and ask you for free merch, dude. Gotcha. <laughs> hey.
5: All they gotta do is ask a couple of the current players what your phone number is anyway. So ask ask the boy ask the boy Dear King what the phone number is. I'm
3: just saying, man. Like at the end of the day, like I just don't understand. I mean, don't get mad at me because I've been around the program a long time. I mean, listen, you're doing this, you're not even from Miami. You guys have a job at Miami, and I understand you're trying to do your job, but there's a lot worse things going on than anything that I'm doing. Cause I'm not doing anything. So again, it is what it is, man. You know, you, ah, I just deal with it, man. You know, I go to support my team. I love my team. Um, I've probably been doing this longer than half these kids have even been, you know, alive per se, you know, but this is, this is the world we live in where, you know, people get a job and they think that they can do what they want to do. And it's, I always and listen, I'm not trying to stir the pot here, but, You know, again, it's all about what you know, and it's all about who you know, right? Like, so those people there, and I'm not mentioning names, I'm saying those people there, like they look out for their buddies, their friends, you know? It doesn't matter that you're loyal, doesn't matter that you've been a season ticket holder for 20 years, you know? It's all about who you know, and, you know, they just want to take care of their little inner circle, and, you know, it is what it is. I'm I'm over it, man, you know? Yeah.
5: Well, all I know is, man, I, I I think that'd be amazing, even in a non-COVID world, to utilize that parking deck as just like it's just like a tailgate, a live tailgate during the uh, during the games, man. I know I've said it before, man, but uh, imagine that Metro Rails boy, uh, the Metro Rail boys party uh, party on that top floor of the parking garage. Ooh wee, I'm in. Yeah, well, the thing too is they won't they won't do
4: that.
3: They'll still stand in the parking garage. I mean under the Metro Rail, but you know. That top upper deck, you cannot go up there during football season or during
1: practice. I'll tell you that because they oh, were yeah. they yeah. lot down. But the, by the way, big tailgate March 20th with the FSU game basically under Metro Rail. So come on down, man. Serious.
3: For real. All depends. Hey, listen, we're we getting ready to go to break, man. We're uh, we're already against the clock, man. It's it's been good so far. The first segment. Um, I need to order food. I don't know if you guys want anything, but uh, you know, Uber Eats, you know, DoorDash you know, whatever you guys are on the, uh, in your area, you know, kind of hit them up and order your own food. So, all right, we're going to break. We'll catch you guys back in a minute. It's Kangang gang radio show, Sirius SM channel one, four, five slam radio. We'll catch you on the flip. Yo, what's up? Baby, let's go. This is Tua Tungle by Lowe. Yo, Sway Calloway.
1: This is
8: Spice Adams. This is Michael, the playmaker. Everybody. What's up? This is Gronk. And you're listening
1: to Slam, slam Radio. radio. Serious XM. Yeah.
9: Allison is perfect.
6: Why should you volunteer with Meals on Wheels? I'll come to the door with one meal, and I'll walk away with a full heart. Drop off a warm meal and get more than you expect. Volunteer at americaletsdolunch.org. Brought to you by Meals on Wheels America and the Ad Council.
0: We'll be back with Kane Gang on Sirius XM 145 Slam Radio. Good morning, amigo.
8: Just the two of us. We can make it if we try, just the two of us.
10: You two. and I. Well, oh, you,
8: you forgot that. Just the two of us. Oh, the two of us. We're building castles in the sky, just the two of us. Go.
10: You and I. There you go.
0: Good morning, amigo. Weekdays from 7 to 11, only on Siri6M, 145, Slam Radio. 180 over 111,
7: and I had a stroke. 145 over 92, and then I had a heart attack. 150 over 90, and I had a stroke.
11: This is what high blood pressure sounds like. You might not feel its symptoms, but the results from a heart attack or stroke are far from silent. Get back on your treatment plan or talk with your doctor to create a plan that works for you. Go to LowerYourHBP.org. Everything's changed. Brought to you by the American Heart Association, American Medical Association, and the Ad Council.
0: And now we're back with Kane Gang on Sirius XM One Four Five Slam Radio.
3: And we're back, man. It's uh, it's 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 amazing how we can go to break, grab some quick food, grab a quick drink, and get ready to get back into the saddle, man. You know, it's uh, it's good, man. Listen, Kane's baseball, um. It's one of those things that I, I kind of look forward to every year, and then I always kind of get disappointed sometimes as well. Um, but I have actually a good feeling about this season. Um, Bird, do you have any any fond memories, or do you have any not-so-fond memories about Kane baseball? And I'll give Vic – I'm going to ask you the same question.
5: Yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to let Vic start off on this one, man.
1: Vic, give me, give me one of your most fond oh, memories of Kane's baseball. This is a couple years ago, if I remember correctly, it was 2015, 2016, around there, give or take, basically, Super Regional against Boston College, okay? Now, (laughs) so, exactly. So, the Hall of Fame, (laughs) normally, the Super Regionals and the Regionals will end up getting the suite that's upstairs above the first base dugout, okay? So, again, we have, like, accommodations for, like, 20 seats inside, as well as a huge deck on the outside, basically, okay? So, as Derek just referred to a couple seconds ago, basically, that was the famous Edgar Batflip, okay? So, you ended up having – we're all out there basically by the rails watching the guys are coming in, celebrating everything, basically. So, the pitcher from Boston College, okay, gets ticked off, okay? Starts trash-talking us from the mount, okay? And we're trash-talking back from the dog He starts rushing – towards our dugout to end up attacking our head trainer, okay? The benches both ended up clearing, and the more funnier part about it is this. I've got some of my guys with at the Hall of Fame basically wanted to climb over the rail to end up joining in the fight, basically. Now, we're talking about guys that are like about 50, 60 years old, basically, which I thought was hilarious, okay? But, I mean, that was like one of those memories right there. I mean, the crowd was so pumped into it. I mean, the fans—you saw them standing up, yelling, screaming, and everything. Basically, both benches from Boston College and UM wanting to get into it—it was awesome. It was awesome. That's the energy that the light brings, man. That's like that. that, That's that's that Mark Light magic, man. Serious.
5: Yeah, that's, uh, that's awesome. And I know, you know, Vic going on with that story, man, I knew, I knew he was going to have an amazing story, but you know, for me, it was probably uh, 2016. I went down for the, uh, I think, um, I think it was 2016, but we played, uh, we played Florida at the light and, uh, you know, um, it was it was just an awesome evening, man. Perfect weather, and I had my first Mark Lake milkshake, which was uh, the gyro or, or the JRO, sorry. And uh, you know that's uh, that was awesome, man. So that's probably my fondest memory, man. I've really been getting into it over the past few years, though. So,
3: you know, I uh, I used to be the president of my little league team up at Tamarack. and a couple of years ago, I, and I think they still do it. Vic, do they still do baseball buddies? Yes, they do.
1: Yes,
3: I do. So obviously being a coach and like, uh, you know, my oldest son, Zach, uh, we had a pretty good, tra- wasn't really a travel team. It was, it was a little league team, but kids were really well. So we ended up uh, linking up and doing baseball buddies. So we ended up going down to the baseball buddies and what they do is you wear your team uniform, you know, and they bring you onto the field but they announce you, you know, they, they announce you, you kind of kind of run out, you know, kind of from, you know, the dugout and, you know, you run to your position, but then like the UM players are kind of already standing out there, at their position, so you're kind of buddied up with, you know, the position you're at. And, uh, you know, that was just a great experience being able to be on the field, you know, at, at the light and being able to watch the kids and, you know, see them smile, but this is back when like uh, Ryan Braun and all them were there. And, so it was definitely a, a good opportunity to, for the kids to see, you know, to see what's going on and how the college level is. And one of my like most not so fond memories. I'll start this off is uh, 1996. I, I literally should probably just leave that date there. College <laughs> World Series and um, yeah, kind of. Uh, I mean, I can say that like one of my fond memories was the 2001 national championship because again we had an old one baseball national championship and an old one football national championship, which is crazy. Right. But that 96 game, you know, you thought literally, man, this is, you know, it's a wrap, it's over, you know, and then, yeah, the home run, just mm. the home run mm-hmm. killer. So anyway, <laughs> but, <laughs> there, but that's the game of baseball, right? You, you never know. And literally it was, it was, it was one pitch, one swing and it cost Miami, you know, a national championship. And, so, uh, but yeah, bro, you know,
5: I, I love the, I love the whole college baseball thing, man. But you know, there's a couple things that just really bother me. And Vic, we talked on this one the last, last week with the, uh, you know, 11.7 scholarship makes absolutely zero sense. But you know, the other thing that bothers me is all these polls that they have, right? There's, there's six polls that the school always puts out, right? Well, I'm like, why don't we just take all those polls and average the position of all the teams on them? and have one poll that's everybody's average position. And that's just what everything goes by because it's always so confusing. You know, oh, this one says we're third, and this one says we're 17th. Like, you know, the the distance in between all of them is
3: just crazy. I agree. I agree. I think that they should develop a committee like we do for our playoff system for the (laughs) college football.
5: Them's fighting words, bro. I'm
3: just (laughs) – Like, no, you're right, though. You're right. You're right. I I mean, you can't have eight different polls. I mean, whatever happened just to the coaches' poll and to the AP poll? I mean, that's what it was about. It was your writers and it was your coaches. And you kind of have now you have the perfect game. Now you have baseball America. Now you have this. Now you have that. Now you have coaches. It's like, bro, literally, how many polls do I have to look at? You know, and then it's funny, like Miami can be number five in just say the coaches' poll, just throwing things out there, right? But number 15 in, you know, the perfect game. Like, who's ranking these things? It's crazy. It's awful. All I know is you continue to win. You continue to get better. Everything aligns for itself. I don't care. I'm not a big rankings person. Never have been, never will be. Um, I kind of lost all due respect for rankings and people creating rankings um, on the 2000, you know, football season with the Miami FSU. I don't understand for the life of me how you can beat a team and then get bumped from a national championship game for and, life me and I just don't get it. You know, like I just don't it. Huh?
5: It's the worst ever. You know, more Miami fans need to be outraged about that and still pissed off about that than they do the Ohio state.
3: Game, so, you know. so let me talk to you about that bro, real quick. So, it is as disappointing as that ohio state loss was right technically you beat yourself you you yes. by 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 far you were a far more superior team mm-hmm. but at the end of the day ohio state came in there with the quote unquote nothing to lose mentality they dominated your offensive line you had andre johnson on a 510 chris gamble the whole game you threw the ball to him i think five times you know mm-hmm. you kept going to winslow kept going to winslow i get it but if people don't remember, like they didn't have instant replay. If people want to like fact check me, please do so. If you go back to the fourth quarter, um, Ohio State was driving. There was a, um, I think a third down catch that they ruled out of bounds that would have uh, given them a first down and they would have never had to punt to Roscoe in order to Miami get the ball back, right? But here's my other take on this. Once Miami got the ball back, Roscoe with a minute and a half Roscoe brought the ball back to the 25-yard line. We literally played for the tie. We didn't even try to go to the end zone. We didn't throw the ball. We ran the ball, ran the ball, and settled for a Todd Seaver's field goal. That's not the mentality to win a national championship. They should have went back to what they were doing, using Winslow, you know, whatever the case may be. But Miami lost that game. It's not like the referee – granted, you can say, oh, yeah, the referee threw the flag, but – it shouldn't okay. even had to have been in that situation for Miami to lose that game. Bingo. You know, if you if you look back at the second quarter, Ken Dorsey cost us fourteen points in, in three in a three minute span, mm-hmm. like you know, fumble and an interception. Like that's all on Ken Dorsey. Your defense was trying to play catch up from their own, you know from their own thirty yard line. You can't yep. expect your defense. I don't care the caliber of guys we had. It still had you know issues. You know you look at the Sean Taylor pick in the end zone phenomenal play just an amazing interception but bro you played running back in high school when you took the ball out of the end zone you don't keep it on your you know on your inside arm you got to switch the ball to your outside you know what mm-hmm. happens there if claret doesn't strip the ball obviously they go back and they score so there's so many should have could have what is but miami i think really beat themselves on that game now to your point 100 percent I am still outraged by that BCS situation that put Florida State in the Orange Bowl to play Oklahoma. And you're talking about a 2000 team that I, I almost compare or I almost think is probably better than that 01 team. Um, they hands down probably would have annihilated Oklahoma. Again, being at home, again, 13 to 2, you beat Florida State 13 to 2. You don't think Miami's smacking that? Come on, man. Yeah. Like, that's yeah. more what I'm outraged about. So yep. people just need to know the history, too, man. You know, if you, look at, if you look at the Hurricane football, right, you look at 1983, they won their first national title. You don't really hear about them in 84. You don't hear about them in 85. 1986, you lose at the Fiesta Bowl. You come back and you win in 1987. You have a bad, bad call against Notre Dame in 88, or else you're probably winning another natty. You take that and you spin it, you win in 89. You got a bad loss to BYU to open up the season in 1990, or else you probably win that season, too. You win in ninety-one, you have George T who strips Lamar, you know, Lamar Thomas in ninety two, Alabama wins the title. But for literally almost ten years, Miami owned college football. You no, know, there's no way that you can deny that. But people mm-hmm. just have to understand, man, like what Miami did from eighty three to ninety two is the same thing Alabama's doing now.
5: Yep. Absolutely, man. Yeah, I mean going on, but, you know, that Ohio State call though. Without, is it a bad
3: call? Without paying. Without paying
1: <laughs> yeah.
3: You know, was it, was hey. it a bad
5: call? Absolutely. But, you know, Co, you're spot on on that, man, that team that we had, you know, we were the superior team, the superior program. We should have showed up there and been way more ready to play than, than what we did. We beat ourselves, man. We made too many mistakes in the down the stretch and, uh, and it cost us, man. You never, ever, ever, ever put the game in the ref's hands ever.
3: And you can't, I mean, unfortunately, referees are human, right? So as much as that call really like dictated, you know, obviously the outcome of that game, maybe he saw it being pass interference, but this is where I think they've tried, they've, they've been trying to fix the system. You know, maybe they get together, maybe they could have huddled up like the guy that was literally right in front of the play could have went to the other guy says no that was a good call you pick up the flag you wave it off you know what i mean like that's where i think the referees have to be accountable and be able to talk to one another and they do that now you see that they all have headsets on Obviously, we're talking 20 years, you know, past that game. So obviously things have changing. But how come the referees aren't accountable for some of the mistakes that they make? Coaches are accountable, players are accountable. How come referees aren't accountable? Now I know they'll say, well, you know, they won't get to referee this game or they won't be able to move up and, you know, referee that game. But bro, you literally cost people you know, their college career, who knows what happened, you know, look at Glenn Sharp that, that could have like just ruined his whole life. You know, he ended up going to jail, you know, there's like,
5: very, very if, true.
3: If that call doesn't make, you know, maybe he doesn't get caught up in whatever he got caught up in, you know? So like, I maybe
5: think. He's still I, with us, man.
3: Yeah. You know, maybe that's me, but those are the things that I think about, you know, like yeah. I, I think about the kids and, and what they're going through. They, they lead everything out in the line. Now if Ohio state was, you know, you know, nice, they should have went to the ref and said, Hey, look, no, that wasn't a pass interference. Miami wins a national
11: championship.
4: <laughs> 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 hey, now you sound like a Duke fan from that uh, <laughs> from that, from that miracle <laughs> play we had in twenty sixteen, I think. So listen,
3: there was sheltered red wine com- clearly Pushed two people on the back. Mark Wilson's knee was clearly down. Without Rashad a doubt, Scott, Scott was literally running on the field, which gave an extra player on the field. That touchdown should not have counted. One hundred percent.
5: Thomas Kirk was the quarterback for Duke. Uh, I think he did Kirk. not in, get in, but he
3: did not. Yeah, but he did not get in on he that He yeah. did not get in. I'm telling you. So was that a makeup call? Probably, but you can't call pass interference on Artie and Corn and Artie going all the way down the field to give them the opportunity to win the yep. games. You know that's yep. what I'm saying. Like, where are these referees being accountable at? Yep.
5: Yep. Well, I know we're getting ready to talk basketball in the in, in the next segment and everything that's gone on there and you know over the past couple of days. But you know the 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 uh, the other night where uh, where we were playing, um, God, who was it? I can't. Uh, Clemson. Sorry, Clemson basketball. Dude, that dude was compl- – his foot was out of bounds, like, very clearly.
3: Again, yeah. where's the referees? Where's the accountability?
5: The Virginia Tech game in the regular season where they're like, oh, it was, a, it was an amazing three. That guy clearly stepped up. Okay, out so,
3: Bird, I will interrupt you. Miami <laughs> had two timeouts. They need to foul the guy. They don't, they don't even allow a guy to shoot that ball when you have two timeouts remaining. And you have fouls to give. Like, there's a reason why you have fouls to give. So, yeah. that there is all on coaching. Like the Virginia Tech game. I'm just saying, like, you yeah. need to be able to instruct your players on what to do in certain times and in certain circumstances. So that goes on Coach L. But you know what? At the end of the day, you get through your first game, you get past Clemson. Like I said, Miami was gonna win by seven. They ended up winning by three. Um, you know, that Clemson game was just it was down to the wire. So again, it is what it is. We'll get we'll definitely get into uh Kane's C- C- basketball here shortly. I've been playing phenomenal right now. You know, maybe this helps their chance. You know, with what they did in the ACC tournament, maybe it helps their chance to get into the Big Dance. I doubt it. One of the good things that I like to see so far, though, is the fact that Duke probably won't make the tournament, which makes it, you know, fun for me because I hate Duke. <laughs> I do. I don't know if I hate Duke or if I just hate Coach K. Um, but whatever, you know, it, it is what it is. Hey, j man, are you, you still with us? Are you? Uh, are you still? Oh, yeah. So, so again, how's your, how's your week been since you've been back from Hawaii? Are you missing anything from out there?
4: Um, surprising. Like I've, I've been dealing with some jet lag, which is not fun. Um, it's actually probably the worst I've ever had it. Like I've just been falling asleep kind of (laughs) everywhere, you know, but,
5: uh, was that narcolepsy?
4: Yeah, yeah to, it feels like I'm narcoleptic this week, but you know, I, I the other night I slept for like 11 hours, slept through my first appointment at work, and I woke up still feeling like I needed another, you know, eight or nine. So, you know, listen,
3: just just continue to your 11 hour dream of your man crush bear. <laughs> And just, you know, I know it just lasts a little bit longer than it usually does, but you'll be all right, bro. You'll definitely be all right. <laughs>
4: <laughs> the so, best part about sleeping lately, man.
3: <laughs> J-Man, why don't you go ahead? I know where it gets the break. Go ahead and run us the break.
4: All right. Thank you guys for listening to King Gang Radio. We'll be right back in a few minutes. Uh, we're here on SiriusXM Channel 145 Slam Radio. Catch you in just a moment. Hey, look
0: what I found. A radio. Radio. This is... It's Sirius XM 145, Slam Radio. Why was the basketball court all wet? Because
9: the players kept dribbling on it.
2: The dad (laughs) joke. Corny, groan-worthy, but also one of the simplest ways to share a moment with your kids.
3: What did the buffalo
2: say when he dropped his son off for school? Bye, son. (laughs) So take a moment to make your kid laugh, because dad jokes rule. Make your kid laugh today. Go to fatherhood.gov. Brought to you by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services and the Ad Council. Here's that song again. Here's that song again. For the hundredth time today. Here's that song again. It's gonna be stuck in your head all day. that song again it will make you
6: cray
9: cray you love your kids enough to watch that tv show a bajillion times love them enough to make sure they're in the right car seat for their age and size show them you love them keep them safe visit nhtsa.gov slash the right seat brought to you by the national highway traffic safety administration and the ad council
0: we'll be back with Kane gang on sirius xm 145 slam radio Good morning, amigo. Hey man, it, look. If they pick up Tua Nigga, Manuel Lapolla, too, I, I'll be fine with him. But I'm just looking. I'm looking at the different angles. It doesn't. You call if,
8: him that? I call him Tonga Vailoa. Whatever you want to call him.
0: Listen, I don't know if they're 100 sold on Tua Nigga, Manuel Lapolla.
8: Tonga Vailoa is the next quarterback of the Miami Dolphins. How can you get that name so
9: perfect? Tua Nigga, Manuel Lapolla.
8: Tua? I can't do it. I'm done. Tonga Wailoa. Tunga Wailoa. Tunga Wailoa. Tunga Wailoa. See? That sounds much better than that one.
0: Good morning, amigo. Weekdays from 7 to 11, only on 6 XM 145 Slam Radio.
10: To protect her home and family in a disaster, Karen was willing to wade through water, mud, and insurance paperwork.
6: Yeah, I can do this.
10: You go, Karen! By simply understanding and updating what her insurance covers and doesn't cover now, she'll be better prepared no matter when disaster strikes. Learn other simple ways to protect your home and family before a natural disaster at ready.gov. That's ready.gov. A message from FEMA and the Ad Council. For every sport of every kind, tune in here where you will find.
0: And now we're back with Kane Gang on SiriusXM XM 145, slam radio
3: all right so we're going live and now we're about live right and we're back live here we are back live on the radio like we always do here on friday mornings like it's it's game day game week it's a bunch of different things here and there dirty bird what's going on man jay man how do you guys feel about the Kane baseball session that we just talked about
5: it's pretty good man it's good talk
3: yeah no uh, doubt listen jay man jay man I know you're not a big baseball fan. I know yep. you want to talk about Rudy Gobert, and we'll get to that a little bit because that's what you like to talk about. So I've kind of known you to where really all you talk about is Rudy Gobert and Josh Allen. So as long as we can <laughs> at least mention those two things during during our show, we will be good. So.
4: I'm I'm happy right now.
3: <laughs> so, so listen, this past week was uh, it was a big week for a lot of different reasons. Um, obviously, it's uh, someone special had a birthday. So uh bird man, where, where where's your daughter Aaron at?
5: She's right here, right here.
3: Where's Hi. Aaron? Aaron, <laughs> happy birthday, Aaron. Happy
4: birthday, Aaron.
3: So so Aaron, you're rocking a big one one now? Is that is that is that is that what we understand? You're you're eleven now? Yeah. Did you uh did you get anything good for your birthday? Yes. And elaborate, what did you get?
0: I got good cake.
3: You got good cake? <laughs> I don't care about gifts. If I got cake or I got some type of ice cream, I'm rocking and rolling. I'm good with that. So that's all that matters.
4: She's going
5: to be coming to some games with Daddy this year too. Yeah. Who's listen. favorite team?
4: Canes.
3: Right. Oh, Really? Right. you throw it up, man. Right. You're throw it up. Let me see it. Let me see them hands. Oh, she's throwing them
4: up. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah, both. There we go. So listen,
3: happy birthday. Make 11 the best year it can be until you turn 12, and then make that one the best year it can be as well, okay? So happy birthday <laughs> from, from the guys here Kangang. <laughs> Happy birthday! Oh man, bro, you got an eleven-year-old. How crazy is that? Funny thing is, I have an eleven-year-old, so I'm with you. You know,
5: dude, you blink your eyes and they grow, man. It's the craziest thing ever.
3: So you know, again, I, I have a, a 17-year-old getting ready to turn 18, getting ready to graduate, getting ready to go to college. And uh, you know, J man you and I were just talking about you know the difference between college and the pros. And yeah. you know, again. You know, my oldest Zach's getting ready to go to college somewhere. Don't know where he's going. I don't think he knows where he's going, but that's for him to decide. And, um, but on the on the on the top of a college, right? Like, this is a big week. It's a big weekend. Obviously, we have spring ball getting ready to start here on Monday. There's a lot of things that I'd like to get into and lot like to talk about. Is, um, again, obviously, we don't have a starting, and I'm using quotations like air quotes, right? We don't have a starting quarterback for spring ball. Um, so let's get into who the potential, you know, QB one, QB two will be going through spring. Now there is also, there's some players out there. Um, you have Tyler Van Dyke, you have Jay Garcia, you have Peyton uh, Matoka. Um, there's Ryan Rizik. There's, you know, some guys out there. It's just a matter of who's going to take the helm. Who's going to get the first reps. I'm going to, I'm going to ask you guys this. You guys know I've been a big TVD supporter Going back, you know, beginning of twenty twenty. Jamie and I know you, Marge, Brad, everybody was a big, you know, Jake Garcia type guy, right? Um, let's break down the two guys and let's talk about pros and cons each way. Are you good with that?
4: Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean I, I wouldn't say I picked one over the other though. I just thought it was important to bring in a, a, a high level QB in this class, regardless.
3: Yeah. yeah. And, and that's a fair point, right? Yeah. I mean obviously competition breeds greatness and yeah. um again. Who knows what would happen had uh, Nicosi Perry decided to stay. Yep.
1: Um,
3: I think that would have thrown another wrench into the element. But since we don't have Nicosi, we're literally running on, you know, yep. you know, on fresh ground here. Um, and I think that's going to make Green Tree even that more special come Monday. You know, yep. obviously the guys are finished up. They just finished mat drills. So now it's time to get into spring. Um, yep. So let's start with TVD. Let, let's look at like TVD um, 2019, you know, Coming out of high school, I think he was a seventh-rated uh, pro, you know, pro-style quarterback, you know, in the nation. Um, big guy, 6'4", 220, um, Big arm, and then you look at Jake, who was a number five, I think, ranked, you know, pro-style quarterback coming out of last year's, you know, class, six um, three, two hundred. Um, yep. Both have a strong arm. Yeah, I like the bigger body, um, but again, let, let's let's talk about it, J-Man, Talk to me about each one of them. Give me your pros and cons.
4: So. The, the pro of, of Tyler Van Dyke, and uh, here's why I expect him to be, you know, QB two and uh, you get most of the reps in the spring is you mentioned bigger stature, right? He's been in the program for a year. Um, I mean, we've all seen pictures of him. He looks like a grown man. Like he looks like he's 35. Um, he's had success in, in limited camp action. Um, and you know, I, I just like the maturity. I, I, I'm not a fan of true freshman quarterbacks playing in big games, playing in a game that you feel like you need to win, uh, which I do think this is a must win. You know, this is a very important year um, where we need to have success. Um, and then, you know, looking towards the future with Jake Garcia, one thing I love about him is is competition, man. Like he he played extremely well in Southern California, did what he had to to play. So he moved across the country to Georgia uh, he was undefeated at Valdosta, had to move schools, can't remember which school he went to, and then he ended up winning the state championship. With Grayson. Yeah.
10: Grayson.
4: Yep, ended up winning the state championship there, man. So, like, obviously that is the mentality that, that you'd kill for in your team. You know, well, I've never
5: heard of a quarterback that's played at two high schools in the same season, though.
4: Yeah.
3: Yeah, me neither. He definitely, you know, he definitely does bring that moxie, you know. Um, okay. And again, I think you need it. I think you need that from your quarterback. I think you need to have somebody who, again, can carry the weight on their shoulders can accept blame when they make the mistakes and they can, you know, accept the responsibility when they play bad too. And I, and I think they both can bring that. Um, they do, they are going to have a plethora and I say a plethora of receivers to throw the ball to, but we're going to get into the wide receivers down the road. Um, TVD, I just think bring like you brought up some valid points. Bigger stature, bigger body. I, I personally think a bigger arm, but again, that's going to be debatable, right? We have to wait and see how they how they spin it. But being in the system already for a year under you know Rhett Lashley, I think yeah. does that does give him a, a you know a plus one already moving into spring. Already to the playbook, I, and again, Jake was an EE, so I'm not saying that he doesn't already you know understand the playbook. But again, having a, a full year and already having some quote unquote, you know, game experience, whether or not it was mop up duty or, you know, you're thrown into. Yep. And again, he did not look good. <laughs> We're talking TVD. He did not look good when he got thrown into the game for those couple plays. But again, it's still being able to be into the system, be into the game, you know, and seeing the college speed. Right. Because we understand college speed is different than high school speed and we understand that NFL speed is different than college speed. Right. So bird, when you're talking about these two guys, what are you looking for as far as separation um, between the two?
5: Whoever makes the plays and takes brains. I mean, that's, that's, that's going to be the guy to me, man. You know, you got to get out there and and make the plays and make the throws and, and win the confidence of the, of the team. Right.
3: Do you think that the O-line is going to play a huge or a major role as far as how those guys handle pressure?
5: Absolutely. I mean, they're the, they're the most important position on the team, right? Without them, you have nothing. Right? I don't care how good your QB is or your receivers or your running backs. It doesn't matter, right? Without them, they don't play well. You got nothing.
3: J-Man, you look at the offensive line and you look at obviously returning the whole offensive line, right? Yeah. Zion, um, Corey Gaynor, Donaldson gets thrown in at left guard, yep. Skate, Jared Williams. Obviously there's a lot of other guys that can kind of fill in, whether it's Ja'Kai, Jalen, yep. Isaiah. Um, I do think that that nucleus is finally starting to get better as far as the depth that we're building at the yep. offensive line. Now let's throw a monkey wrench in, right? We're, we're talking about spring ball. It's it's going to happen. It's, it's here. We're on the eve of it. Now, we're going to rock TVD, Jake Garcia, and Peyton and Machoca. Um, what happens through the whole spring, early fall, and then you get number one, it comes back? Does that change the complexity of what happened through the whole spring?
5: I don't think so.
4: I, yeah, I, I don't either. I you know I, I think everyone is playing with an understanding that this is DeArroy Kings football team. Um, I think you take him off of the team last year, and we're probably 500, maybe even worse. Um, I I just think he means so much to the success of what we do right now uh, because he covers up for so many deficiencies. Um, I mean, you mentioned the offensive line. Like, yeah, we have all of our starters returning, but it's also they were 93rd last year in sacks given up, and that's with one of the most mobile quarterbacks. So, I mean, yeah, we're bringing all of them back, but – how good are they in the first place is the question. And uh, without a guy like De'Aaron King back there, if you're going to put a a first-time starter in Tyler Van Dyke or Jake Garcia, um, that's bad news, man.
3: I don't see any way – and, again, I'm just – I'm speaking hypothetical, right? And I'm speaking optimistic. I don't see any way we go into that Alabama game without Derek King because, I mean, Lord have mercy if we do roll into that game with a Jake Garcia, with a TVD, Saban is going to literally blitz every single play and <laughs> just literally, like, it's like a shark with blood, right? I mean, is that a fair assessment, Bird? Do you think that's kind of a fair assessment if we're yeah. going to rock that?
5: Well, absolutely. I mean, and, and rightfully he should. I mean, you know, a guy like King, he knows he's got he's to prepare for in a much different way than he does for a guy who's, who's going out there and starting for the very first time, right? So, um, yeah, I mean. Yeah,
3: it would definitely be interesting um again so why as far as quarterback goes tvd Jake garcia i think they're going to get most of the snaps you know going yeah. into spring um the good thing for them though is again we talked about the old line and returning it's the running back room and finally the university of miami has depth and they they're going to have a lot of competition at the running back spot which Again, going back to the early 2000s when you've had the James Jacksons and Najee Davenport's, the Clinton Portis's, mm-hmm. the McGahee's, the Jared Payton's, the Quatron Hills, you know, the, the Frank Gore's, the McGee It's just like finally now we're starting to build that back where it's okay. It's competition now. Obviously, a lot of people assume that Cam's probably RB1 coming, you know, coming back for a senior year, um, but there's a lot of talent. You look at Chaney. You look at Knighton, who didn't finish out the latter part of last year because of an injury. Um, you look at Thad Franklin, and you look at Cody Brown now, who just you know decided to commit to Miami and you know, get out of his LOI from uh, Tennessee. What do you think about the running back room now and how that can impact and help two quarterbacks, three quarterbacks, or whoever is playing quarterback, knowing that you do have maturity, but you also have a lot of talent and a lot of speed back there?
5: I want to see somebody separate, them, you know, separate themselves and take the role. Right. And, and, you know, be the guy, right. Cause we got a lot of guys, you know, Cheney's kind of your, your, your bruiser back there. Knighton's your speed guy. Um, you know, Thad Franklin, another, another bruiser, right. You know, which one of these guys is going to step up and take the reins and be
4: the guy. What do you think J man? Yeah. I, I mean, it helps, it helps a ton, man, because, Essentially, no matter what series you're on, you know, we, we have we have a very, very, very talented stable of backs. Um, it would actually be interesting to, uh, you know, to discuss when was the last time we had a running back stable that was as good as this one. Um, you know, it's kind of shades of, you know, what Georgia was rocking a, a few years ago with with Chubb and, and Sony Michelle and Todd Gurley. Obviously, the discount version of that, you know. Um,
3: Hold on, did you literally just say the discount version?
4: I'm being honest, man. That like,
3: was one of the best statements I think I've heard in like literally in weeks.
4: Yeah, I, I mean, I, I love all these dudes. They're all talented. But said- I mean.
3: <laughs> okay, so literally one of, the best, one of the best comments I think I've ever heard.
4: But, but anyways, you know, like. That all that like, to, to the
3: used car dealer. <laughs>
4: <laughs> that's right, dude. It's the it's the Nordstrom Rack version of that Georgia backfield. Oh man. Um, so, but that's still a good thing, right? Um, oh my gosh. <laughs> uh, but you know, it, it's like it's a hell of a safety valve, dude. You know, no yeah. matter which back is in there, whether it's Jalen Knight and Cam Harris, Don Cheney. I mean, all three of those guys have proven that they're going to be able to make plays. Um, even when you're in conference play, when you're playing against really good opponents, those guys are all game-breaking talents. Um, and then we got Thad Franklin and Cody Brown coming in, so yeah.
5: like, they're all they're all known names, known commodities. I think yeah. any any one of them, you know, I'm confident if if we start getting hit by the injury bug back there, that whoever's going to jump up is going to be able to run the ball. Yeah, unlike them boys up north, where when they they lost their running back, uh, <laughs> you know, we were like, who is who the heck is running the ball up there? And
8: uh, I-,
3: I tell you what the I'm excited because at the end of the day, it's going to be as much as I like to see what the competition is going to be like for the quarterback spot. I think the running back and I think the wide receiver position is going to be an absolute like dogfight out there. I just deal with, I mean, I, I think with the, the amount of reps that I think the running backs can get, and this is where it plays into the, the offensive line and being stable and being better because if they can create holes you know, again, we had a couple big runs last year. We had a couple breaks. Um, but man, I miss the days of guys just planting their foot in the, in the ground and then taking it 80 yards. You know, we don't really see that that much anymore here at the University of Miami, but we have the talent to do it. We just haven't been able to accomplish that. Um, the running back room should be very, very, very competitive. Um, I just hope that they kind of gel together and don't get an ego and don't fight about, you know, PT. Like to me, the best player gets carries, right? And don't get down on yourself. Just put the work in, continue to, you know, continue to get better. Because I think if one person gets better, it's going to make the next person get better.
4: Is that, is that a fair assessment? Absolutely. Absolutely. I, creating competition is, is what we used to thrive on, man. And it's where we have struggled, right? Because of uh, playing guys that don't necessarily deserve all the snaps, don't deserve all the playing time. So I'm right there with you.
3: Yeah, no doubt. I, I don't know, man. Um, obviously, the offensive line, I think, is going to play a big key on, on the success of the University of Miami moving forward this season. And there's nothing to say, well, they're young, blah, blah, blah. No, they're not young. They're mature. They're upperclassmen. It's ready. It's it's your time to really move people out of the way. Let your quarterback, you know, sling it, spin it. Let your running backs run it, you know, and we'll see what happens. But listen, we got to get ready to go to break. Uh, We're finishing up the first hour here on the Can Gang Show. I uh, appreciate everybody tuning in, listening, watching, and uh, we'll catch you guys right back in a few seconds. Yo, what's up? Baby, let's
1: go. This
9: is Tua Tongue by Loan.
8: Yo,
3: Sway Calloway. This
8: is Spice Adams. This is Michael, the Playmaker,
1: Everybody. What's up? This is Gronk, and you're listening to Slam, Slam Radio, Radio. Serious XM. Yeah.
9: Allison is perfect.
6: Why should you volunteer with Meals on Wheels? I'll come to the door with one meal, and I'll walk away with a full heart. Drop off a warm meal and get more than you expect. Volunteer at americaletsdolunch.org. Brought to you by Meals on Wheels America and the Ad Council.
0: We'll be back with Kane Gang on Sirius XM 145 Slam Radio. Good morning, amigo.
8: Just the two of us. We can make it if we try, just the two of us.
10: You two. and I. Oh, you, have to, you forgot
8: that. Just the two of us. Oh, the two of us. We're building castles in the sky, just the two of us. Go.
10: You and I. There you go.
0: Good morning, amigo. Weekdays from 7 to 11, only on 6M, 145, Slam Radio. 180 over 111, and I had a stroke.
7: 145 over 92, and then I had a heart attack. 150 over 90, and I had a stroke. This is what
11: high blood pressure sounds like. You might not feel its symptoms, but the results from a heart attack or stroke are far from silent. Get back on your treatment plan or talk with your doctor to create a plan that works for you. Go to loweryourhpp.org. Everything's changed. Brought to you by the American Heart Association, American Medical Association, and the Ad Council.
0: And now we're back with Kane Gang on Sirius XM 145 Slam Radio.
3: All right, everybody, second hour here on the Kane Gang show here on Sirius XM channel 145 Slam Radio. It uh it's interesting, you know. Um I'm I'm a big proponent of what's gonna happen this season. I'd like to see our wide receivers finally, 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 and I can't can't stress this enough, finally step up. Now, when I say our receivers, we have a plethora of receivers. I think we have 12 in our room right now. So we talked <laughs> about some quarterbacks. we talked about our running backs. Let's get into the wide receivers and what you guys think um, is going to happen with the wide receivers. Bird, I'm going to start with you because, Jay, man, you're, I don't ever want to call you a pessimist, but sometimes that's how you are. you're so a realist, man. <laughs> you're a realist, right? So I think a realist also is it's a slash pessimist. So <laughs> you're right. You're definitely real, right? So, yeah. again, nobody uh, – you don't pull punches. You, you call it the way it is. So, Berg, if you had to name three starting receivers today going into starting spring, give me your three starting receivers.
5: Well, Rambo and Harley for sure. And then the, the third one, I've, i got to say Pope right now only because uh, I think he has the best opportunity to come in and earn the job and play hard and, and, and actually make catches. Uh, but he's on really, really thin ice right there, right? You, go you in, say make catches? So make catches, man.
3: (laughs) So so that's almost as funny as the discount version.
5: (laughs) No, look, I mean, you know, we know Pope's got the talent, right? And it's up to him to to put it together. And if he can take this offseason seriously and work on his craft and stay after hitting the jugs machine and, you know, (laughs) work on making catches and take it seriously, then I think he's a starter. If he doesn't do that, then somebody else, one of these young guys, is gonna is gonna step up and nab his spot, be it a Brinson or um, yeah, I mean uh, Keyshawn Smith. I mean somebody's gonna jump up and, and steal that spot.
3: Jay, man, talk to me on your perspective on the receivers.
4: So I I agree with with everything that uh, that Dirty Bird's saying right now, in, in that you know I have Rambo and Harley penciled in as the one and two. Um, in in any direction, you know. I I think those two guys are are clearly the cream of the co- cream of the crop, um, in the wide receiver room. And then I don't even know where to go after that man, because we we have a lot of really talented young guys who have yet to prove anything. And then we have uh, we have two upperclassmen who have been career letdowns so far. So I mean, it's really wide open and. And when you have that scenario, what like all you can really ask for is that somebody comes out of fall camp with a firm grasp on an open spot, right? That's what gives you confidence going into the season is when this spot was open and then this young player or this guy, he took a firm grasp of the position and it's, and it's his now. So, um, I'm not sure. I think Charleston Rambo was a massive addition for us. Mm. Mm -mm. Um, but I just – I don't really know where to go with that third spot, man. I, I don't – you know, I, I'm open to the idea of Mark Pope finally getting it together. Um, but it's more of a, like, I'll believe it when I see it type of thing. Um, I couldn't be lower on uh, D. Wiggins, which is opposite. I was high on him last year. But there's just nothing there, man. And then the young guys, um, we'll see. But, like, they had every opportunity last season and no one really stepped up. So, hopefully, you know another year, another camp like that gives them the experience they need to show out. Um, but that that third spot's wide open, man.
5: Well, I will tell you what, with Rambo, that dude's out there creating competition out there, and he's yep. he's making these guys fight, which is which is great. You know, we heard of the first few days of mat drills. Uh, you know, the matchup that went, that went up at, that that went up was uh, was Rambo versus Pope. And uh, and Rambo had Pope puking in a trash can off to the side. Yeah. So you but, know we we know the competition yeah. is,
4: is is there right now. So. so in my opinion, that's the best thing that could happen to Pope, man. Absolutely, it, you know because he's supremely talented. Like he's a very uh, physically gifted athlete, and uh, you know maybe a slice of humble pie is what he needs to set him in the right direction.
5: Yeah. I mean, feel feel threatened, right? He should feel yeah. threatened, and you know that should you know breed a response out of them, right? So that's what we need to see. And if we see that response out of them, watch out, because a Mark Pope who realizes the talent that he has is a scary thing.
3: Yeah. So if you think about this, right, and and I feel like this is where social media and all these camps have put these kids in bad positions. Um, You look at Mark Pope, and I think he is a phenomenal route runner. I think he's got blazing speed. Um, But again, like when you're running these camps seven on seven, there's no pads. You know, you don't have to worry about a 220 pound safety lurking. You know, you going across the middle. Um, And again, it's it's a it's not a mental game playing seven on seven. I think when you put pads on, I think it becomes a little bit more mental. I think he really can develop into a really, really good player. But I think he has to get his mind right. Um, You know, you talk about. Rambo and you talk about Harley, which I agree. I think those are your solidified, you know, one and two. And then I don't want to say there's a drop off, but there's some big bodies there. You look at Keyshawn Smith, you look at Michael Redding. I don't even want to mention really Jeremiah Payton because it's been three years and I I have no idea what's going on with with him. I would love to see him kind of, you know, get on the field at some point. But you look at the young guys, you look at like Xavier Restrepo, I think who can – blossom to a dog, um, and you've seen it last year, even on special teams. He's not afraid to go out there and try to grab the ball and make something happen. Um, Romello Brinson, Jacoby George, Bashar Smith. Um, you know, again, there's there's definitely going to be a lot of competition, and you have to find a way to use these guys to the advantage of what these guys bring. You look at people like Bashar Smith Jacoby Colby George. I mean, you have to use them in special teams. I mean, they're they're so fast use them on jet sweeps, use them on, you know, double reverses. You know, you have to be able to get the ball into your playmaker's hands. You remember when Devin Hester came here? I mean, obviously Devin played special teams and he played cornerback. He played corner, he played receiver, he played running back. It was pretty much he did everything that he possibly could in order to help the University of Miami win ball games. That's the type of athlete when you have someone like that, you get them the ball. So I think that they have to get back to allowing – you know, people who can make plays, let them make plays, you know, just give them the ball, get them the ball in open space, let them turn up, let them make a cut, let them, you know, and try to house it. So the wide receiver situation is going to be very, very interesting. But, you know, the thing with Rambo, I'm just, the thing that kind of disappoints me is over the last couple of years, we've always had like transfer portal guys come in and take the lead role as our wide receivers, like where's our local guys making that, you know, making that leap to be that lead guy. KJ Osborne comes in from Buffalo. You know, now we have, you know, Rambo coming in. Where's our homegrown talent, you know, being able to step up and and, and blow up, you know, we keep losing the the local guys, Corey Brooks, you know, goes Alabama. Like we just, why can't we grab people that are local and let them play? I mean, you go back to like 2008, give or take, you know the Amari Coopers, the Calvin Ridley's, you know uh, the Jerry Judys. Like, why can't we keep big time receivers home? Like, big, big, like five star receivers. Why can't the University of Miami keep these guys home?
5: We got we got to give them somewhere they want to be, man. And right now, you know we've we've had a we've had a bad uh, we've had a bad run, right? And uh, you know you gotta you gotta get back to that point before that elite talent's gonna come there. But I tell you, I mean, you know. This last recruiting class that we brought in, we're bringing a lot of these guys in here now. That, you know, they might not be the the top ranked guy in the in the state, but you know, these guys are dogs, and these are these are these are Miami type players, right? More than they have been in probably any of the past ten to fifteen recruiting classes.
3: Well, they're finally getting guys that want to. You know, again, you look at the Khalil Brantleys, the Romello Brinsons, like they're Miami guys. They want to stay. You know, and again, you can use you know, again, air quotes, make the crib great. Um, it's easy to say that, but you have to put the work in. You know, if you want to make it great, put the effort in. You know, that's that's how you make it great again. You don't need a coach telling you what you need to do and you know what to do and what not to do. Like, if you know you have to lift, then get your butt in there and go lift. You don't need someone telling you, hey, make sure you wake up. Like, you got to have that want to. You got to have that mentality that says, you know what, I'm gonna put this on my back. And again. We, we hear it from so many former players that we've had on our show, you know, especially going back to like the early 2000s, 2000, 2001, 2002, like they didn't even need coaches. They policed themselves. If somebody wasn't doing what they were supposed to do, they literally took them inside a locker room and they fought, they fought about it. Like, bro, like, you know, you got to do what you're supposed to do. This is, it's our team. The coaches can only coach, right? I go back to even with Blake Baker and we talked about this, you know, uh, last, you know, last season, Blake Baker's only as good as what he's able to have on the field as far as who he's coaching. You can call a game, but if the players aren't in the right position, if they're not doing the right assignments, is that on the coach or is that on the player? So what do you do, right? So you got to have that want to. You have to have that mentality to say, I'm going to do what I need to do, and hopefully people follow me and want to do the same thing that I want to do. Where is our leaders? Like who is our true leader? I'm going to ask you right now, J-Man. Who do you see as a leader or our leader on defense?
4: Um, man, on, on defense, it's hard. I mean, you would hope that a guy like Zach McLeod would be a leader in the locker room. Um, and, and, you know, like I could see that happening. It, it's hard to know unless you're in there. Right. Uh, but you, you'd hope that a guy like Zach would command some respect in the locker room at this point. Um, I'm really looking for a guy like Gil Frierson to step up this year, man. I, I think that he's arguably going to be our best player on defense anyways, Um, You would love to see a guy with that kind of talent step into a leadership role. So
3: I I would agree with you and Gil, but
4: I think Bubba needs to be that leader. I mean,
3: I think that's going to go. Yeah. Yeah. I just think Bubba again, being a starter again, you know, if he doesn't get hurt against Florida state and he finishes out the 2019 season, maybe, you know, who knows? I think sky's the limit for him. Um, He plays with so much passion and so much determination. And I think that, you know, that, that energy – oh, so, <laughs> my boy, Derek over there talking about 21 as a defense. Yeah, no doubt. So, I mean, I think he, 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 he brings it to the table where it resonates, right? Again, go back to the Clemson game last year where, like, he literally left it all on the line. He did yep. everything he possibly can. But that's what you need from players. I would like to see, again, someone from the defensive line, like just a dog, whether it's Nesta, whether it's Hunt, whether it's Harvey. I mean, I'm still – I'm still kind of looking at maybe how our ends are going to be this year. Right. But again, we're not even talking about that. We're we're getting to that later on, you know, but again, you need somebody on offense and defense to be a leader. I think King takes that leadership on the offense. And I think that people rally around him, Uh, you know, you can just see it. It's infectious the way that he, you know, handles or he commands everything. I just think that same thing with, uh, with Bubba. I think that their personalities are so infectious that people want to kind of be around those guys. Yeah. Um, it, it's it's just one of those things where somebody's got to set the example. Someone's got to take the to, like the reins and say, "Look, this is what we're going to do. Who's with me? And, and if you're not with me, bro, like, bye, deuces, gotta go." I mean, I,
5: I know we try to single one guy out, but it really needs to be a culture of accountability and leadership that needs to be instilled in the entire locker room, and that really comes from. Yeah a number of guys banding together and making sure guys aren't showing up late, right? Guys are taking late lifting seriously, yeah. you know, uh, or, or the entire off season conditioning program, seriously, you know, that they're going to bed at night not staying out all night partying, you know, you need that culture where everybody holds each other accountable. And that really starts with guys like Bubba, like mm-hmm. Gil Frierson, like, you know, Al Blades, um, you know, those guys, the senior leaders, the guys that are coming back, even the, the, the G halls and the, uh, and the Amari Carters, right. Those guys all need to be the ones that are holding everybody accountable, especially on the defensive side of the ball, you know, because there's a lot that's coming back on the offensive side of the ball in terms of of leadership and maturity. And, you know, Mike Harley's shown a lot of, uh, a lot of leadership traits, I think, over the yeah. over the past year, right? He really grew up and blossomed, and, you know, we know King is that guy. Um, and I think, you know, the offensive side of the ball, I think there's a lot of maturity and there's a lot of leadership on that side, but that defensive side definitely needs people to step up and take the reins and hold each other accountable for what they all want to achieve. And when that happens, magic happens on the field.
3: Yep. I think someone like Corey Gaynor on the offensive line, Really, you know, you you know, you're you're a senior. You're you know, you're the center. Um, You pretty much let everything flow through you. I think he's a guy that could potentially, you know, be that leader or that vocal leader um on the offense you know you look at people like um like the Shane McDermott's and Brandon Linders and you know people like you know the Felicianos you know those are the guys that they'd get in your face right like they didn't care like I like the big uglies who stand up for their team you know even now so Jay man I know you're a big Bills fan right but you ever watch Feliciano like when like like Josh Allen like literally He's yep. protecting his QB, man. Like yep. and, and he's not afraid of it either. Like Mongo's a beast. Love it,
4: man. That was one of my that was one of the only bright spots in that Chiefs game was when Feliciano came in and uh you know started throwing some some punches.
3: He
5: always plays like that. Give give me give me an offensive line made up of all Mongo Bro. Felicianos and we're winning every game. Yeah,
3: it's different, man. You know, he <laughs> has that want to that I try to like that I talk about, right? Like yeah. he has that want to. But I think that's where you need to have your big ugly step up. And, you know, again, you see your quarterback get sacked or you see your receiver, you know, getting laid on or whatever the case may be. Man, go in and take one for the team man. show your yeah. team that you got their back. And I think your big uglies are the ones that have to do that. Yeah. Um, you know, real quick, I know we got we got a break in about a minute and a half. Give me your breakout receiver. I'm, I'm going to ask you two questions, breakout receiver and breakout running back this year.
4: Okay. Um, so I'm going to go Don Chaney. I know he broke out last year. I think he's going to do it again. So I, I think he's still going to beat expectations, um, which is pretty lofty, but I'm yeah. expecting – I think he's going to be our leader in yards, You know, rushing yards, rushing touchdowns, carries, stuff like that by the end of the year. Um and then breakout wide receiver. I'm going with Keyshawn. Uh Keyshawn Smith. Is that his name?
3: I not Keyshawn Washington. He played yeah, defense.
4: Yeah, yeah. I almost said Keyshawn Washington, then I remember Keyshawn Smith. He's my he's my breakout wide receiver. Burr, talk to talking real quick.
5: So my running back is actually gonna be Cam Harris, man. I think he's gonna put it all together and he's gonna have a great year. So and Terry, he'll he'll break out. And I gotta agree with Jay Man on Keyshawn Smith, man. I love the heart that, that kid plays with. I love his story, uh his yeah. passion. I think he's the
4: guy. You know, Bert. I, I love that Cam Harris pick, man. I I hope so because <laughs> I, I love Cam. I love Cam. I just for some if reason I I feel deep down that that he's kind of on the decline though.
5: Yeah. So, well, you know what? If I'm right, that means we're in a we're in a we're in a damn good spot next absolutely,
4: year. Absolutely, <laughs> absolutely, man. I hope you are right. All right, well, we're gonna go to we're gonna go
3: to break real quick here on Sirius XM Channel One Four Five Slam Radio. It's a Can Gang show. We're just you know chopping it up, talking about a spring football preview. We'll catch you guys real quick.
2: Hey,
0: look what I found! A radio. Radio. This is Sirius XM One Four Five Slam Radio. Why well, is the basketball court all oh, wet?
2: Here's that song again, here's that song again, for the hundredth time today.
0: On Sirius XM One Four Five Slam Radio. Good morning, amigo. Hey man, it, look, if they pick up Tua Manuela Lapolla, too, I, I'll be fine with him. But I'm just looking. At, I'm looking at the different angles. It doesn't. You don't call don't
8: him if, that. I call him Tonga Vailoa, Whatever you want to call him.
0: Listen, I don't know if they're 100 sold on Tua Nigamanoa Lapolla.
8: Tonga Vailoa is the next quarterback of the Miami Dolphins. How can you get that name so perfect?
9: Tua Nigamanoa Lapolla.
8: Tua? I can't do it. I'm done. Tunga Vailoa. Tunga Vailoa. Tunga Vailoa. Tunga Vailoa. See, that sounds much better that one.
0: Good morning, amigo. Weekdays from 7 to 11, only on SiriusXM m 145, Slam Radio.
10: To protect her home and family in a disaster, Karen was willing to wade through water, mud, and insurance paperwork.
6: Yeah, I can do this.
10: You go, Karen. By simply understanding and updating what her insurance covers and doesn't cover now, she'll be better prepared no matter when disaster strikes. Learn other simple ways to protect your home and family before a natural disaster at ready.gov. That's ready.gov. A message from FEMA and the Ad Council. For every sport of every kind, tune in here
0: where you will find... And now we're back with Kane Gang on SiriusXM XM 145 Slam Radio.
3: So you know what's funny is when you, when you think about Canes football, is I love it. I, I do. Like I just love Canes football. Do you guys like Canes football? Do you, do you like Canes football? Eh. Okay. So anyway, we do got to give a shout out to to the Canes hoops. Um, man made a strong uh, strong little run there in the tourney. Um, you know, beat Pitt. You know, and uh, I was like, okay, well they beat Pitt. Let's see how they can you know go from there and. Turned around and won again, and then, you know, obviously the game against Georgia Tech uh, had a chance to win. They really yeah. had a chance to win. What do you think, Bert?
5: Well, considering how bad we played against Georgia Tech the last time, yeah. I was really proud of the effort uh, that the guys uh, that the guys put out there in in that ACC tournament. You know, and and listening to all the national shows where they're talking about the tournament. You know, the Mark Packers of the world earlier today, they gave Coach L and that Kane squad a lot of well deserved respect right because oh, yeah. they showed up they fought uh, you know Isaiah Wong's getting all kind of uh all kind of props and respect now as as he should because of the way that uh, that he played i mean i think he actually leads the acc in 20 point games this year uh so you know definitely didn't, wasn't the season that any of us wanted uh, you know injuries galore really couldn't get anything going but you know at least we finished it with respect and we didn't, you know, we weren't just, you know, a one out and an afterthought, right. You know, we, you know, we really put it together and, you know, Hey, if we could have, if we could have scored in the last eight minutes, uh, Bro. we, we, <laughs> you know, we, maybe we'd be, maybe we'd be singing a different yeah. tune right now.
4: <laughs> yeah. I I'm with you though. Like it it was a very, uh, up and down season, you know, lost Chris likes and, uh, and I can't, I can't think of the freshman that, that got kicked off the team. Um, but you know, it, like all that dealing with injuries, stuff like that. And, and, you know, coach L was taken a lot of, uh, criticism throughout the season. And, uh, so I'm with you, man. I'm just happy that he made a little bit of noise in the ACC tournament and went out, went out with your head high.
3: Yeah. You're not a one and done it, right? At least you, yeah. you won two games in the tournament, potentially yeah. could have won the third game, but yeah. you know, like you said, and, and that's been the story with the university of Miami basketball over the last couple of years is just injury, injury, injuries. And until they can get that kind of like rectified um, I don't know what's going to change, but I mean that it happens, right? It's sports, you know, you twist an ankle, you hurt the knee, you know, it's, it's one of those things that, you know, it happens in all sports and like in all everyday life. But um, so, you know, here on the Kang gang show, we, we kind of breaking down or previewing spring ball. Um, talked about the quarterbacks, running backs, wide receivers. Let's talk about tight end. Let's talk about tight end you. Um, it's, Definitely uh interesting there because the view did anybody see uh, yesterday Brevin running the 40 on his like mock pro day. Um I think he yeah. ran like a four or five or like a thirty-eight inch yeah. vertical. A four that's five six.
4: six, yeah.
3: That's that's crazy. I mean good for that's him. Good. Hopefully he can uh hopefully he can like match that or even improve that when it comes time to like actual pro day. Um yeah. You know, again he still might go with third or fourth round. So that's Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What's I, crazy
5: I, is that you've got the entire coaching staff coming back on the offensive side of the ball, plus every player but Brevin Jordan coming back to the team this year. Yep. Um, and and Kosi, But, uh, yeah, man.
3: <laughs> so, so you guys know my take. And, and, again, if we go back to past episodes, um, you guys know I'm a huge, huge Will Mallory fan. Like I've said it from probably when we first started the show back in like early August of, of 2020 that I think Will Mallory – has an opportunity to just to blossom. I think he brings so many intangibles. Uh, he ran track in high school. So, you know, he's, his hands are there. His his body's there. You know, we did hear that like Brevin actually is a better blocking tight end than Will. But I think, you know, now maybe Will getting more PT, maybe being TE1, you know, maybe that helps him to, you know, work yeah. on his blocking a little bit more. But what do you guys think of the – Tight end comparison, you know. Again, I look at someone like Will Mallory as like a Will, like a like a Jeremy Shockey type, you know, you know, prototypical frame, big big body, good hands, good speed. Um, what do you think? What do you think about about Will Mallory and even Elijah Arroyo? Um, those two,
4: um, dude. I I love Mallory. I I think I think Will is. He's the tall, big body, the rangy receiver that we need, right? The, the rangy receiver that we've lacked in the wide receiver room for the last few years. Um, all the talent in the world, you know, we've we've largely been on the same page in saying that there's potential there that he could make a run at the first round, maybe the second round. Um, and Arroyo is, is that same mold as well, man. Like he, He's young, so I don't know if I'm expecting anything huge out of him this season. Um, but I certainly think that uh, he has the ability to climb up the depth chart as as a young guy.
5: You know you talk about breakout players, right? And to me, I'm gonna call Larry Hodges as a breakout player. Um, I've always liked this kid and you know the limited action that he's seen. But if you look at his tape, I mean, this kid is a a tall, lanky pass catching guy. I mean, I think he's gonna come out here. I think he's gonna have a role in the offense this year. And I think he's going to surprise a lot of us and actually be making plays this year. So I'm excited to see what he can get out there and do.
3: I think you have the talent. Uh, I mean, again, the university of Miami has, I think this year compared to previous years, I think actually has enough talent across the board from the X, the Y, the slot, the running back, the quarterback to really make noise. You know, we've talked about if, Playing Alabama, if there's ever an opportunity or a time to play Alabama, like this is the time to play Alabama. Um, as far as, again, not saying that they're <laughs> by any means, I'm not saying that they are like not having great, you know, talent. But you're losing your starting quarterback, starting running back, two starting receivers, three offensive linemen. Flip it onto the other side, pretty much your whole secondary linebacker, defensive line. Like like and I know that they're gonna pretty much have, you know, more players, but this is an opportunity where Miami is in position as far as depth, talent, maturity, upperclassmen to kind of play this game moving forward. Agree or disagree?
4: Agree,
1: <laughs> um, man.
10: Okay, l- I, let me hear it
4: realistically. No, let, yeah, let's, let's <laughs> let the realist go first. I, I agree. Like, you, nothing you're saying is wrong, but will it matter is the big question. Uh, you know, hypothetically, it is a great time to play Alabama. Do I think that's going to change the fact that it's like a 23 and a half point spread? No. <laughs> I
3: was, listen, if it's 23 and a half, I'm taking that. I'm taking Miami to 23 and a half.
4: Okay. In a heartbeat. If, hey, you, want, yeah.
3: if you want to take that bet, j man, you let me know.
4: Okay. I mean, I don't, I'm not going to bet on it either way. Right. Um, we can, we can bet a case of Mountain Dew if that's what you want, bro. <laughs> I'd look into that. Um, you know, twenty twenty three and a half 23 and a half would be a number where I'd start to think about Miami, but you got to remember like last year, it wasn't that we just like lost to all the good teams we played, but we got, we got stomped by all the good teams we played besides NC state. Um, that's not good, man, like like especially when you're going against the top dog. You know, if 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 UNC is going to clown you in college football, then uh, the last team you want to see is Alabama.
3: Oh, look who we got joining the gang tonight. It's that, boy, it's that boy Brad T. What's good? What's good?
7: What's going on, fellas? How y'all doing? Oh, chilling, man, man, we're
3: just uh, chopping it up, man. We're doing a little bit of spring preview. Um, kind of went over the quarterback, running back, receivers, Kind of just talked about the tight ends a little bit and, yep. and O line, so uh, okay. you know again it's it's a it's a great time to be a sports fan. You know you you have that down like really three months of nothing going on, and then it's okay. Spring balls here, like how exciting is that? Like how well? Let me rephrase that. How sad is that that we're actually anxious about spring ball? <laughs> hey, that's
7: that's that's Miami Hurricane fans, man. That that's that's all we live and breathe for, man. Like these these three months are really crucial for us, and like that first. That first video that you see from Kane's football, you know, verified account, throw out that first Uh, scrimmage video or first practice video. That little
3: three-second clip.
7: Every everyone goes nuts. Everyone's, you know, replaying (laughs) the video about 15 different times, trying to figure out who got big, who who made the interception, who's making the big play. I mean, it's it's gonna be interesting, man. Like, there's like the one word that like sticks out the most to me starting Monday is competition. And I think I think that's where it starts, man. Like if Miami needs to get back to where we want to be it's got to start on Green Tree. Like, if you want Miami to be the best team that we want it to be, our best competition needs to be against that defense, against that offense, every single practice. That's where it needs to get back to. And I think you're seeing competition in every single position on this roster.
3: And that's a good thing. And that's – we were just talking about that earlier. Is like we haven't had this in probably, man, 20 years. Like, to legitimately have, like, you know – Man on man, it's it's time to man up. Competition, like that's what I'm calling. I'm I'm changing. That's that's what's going to be called. It's man on man competition. It's time to man up. <laughs> no, honestly though. Um. So, Brad, let me ask you. So, we kind of touched on TVD We talked about Jake Garcia and Peyton uh, Matoka. Like again, like people already know. You already know that I, I'm really big on T V D. Um. I know you're one of those Jake Garcia guys. Um. In your in your opinion. Break down both of them for me.
7: Yeah, I mean, I think Tyler Van Dyke, I mean, him just being in the system for a year already, it kind of gives him the advantage, you know, being under Rhett Lashley and learning from him. You know, there's a lot of things that I think Rhett Lashley teaches these quarterbacks that you're going to just have to learn, right? It's just part of growing pains. And no matter how much talent Jake Garcia has and the charisma and, you know, the the great qualities that he brings, he's still going to have to learn and and mature and kind of learn this playbook and Get deep into the quarterback room. And I think that's what gives TVD advantage, along with you know the size that he brings. I mean, yeah. you can't teach size, and that's one thing that TVD has. I mean, all, all of us, you know, we we go to the football games, we see them, you know, right there in person. And TVD is one of those guys who just sticks out, right? He's one of the biggest guys on the football team. Yeah. And him being a quarterback, I mean, this is the first time in a very long time. Co you said it in about you know 15, 20 years. Like the competition, but just in the quarterback room, I mean, it, it's it's very great to know. I mean, I wish Kosey the best of luck, yeah. but I think Kosey leaving, you know, kind of gave us the, a, a great competition insight for the next two years that we're going to see in the spring practice that obviously with the King not being able to practice in the spring, we're going to be able to see who's going to be this quarterback of the future for the next two years. And I think that's a huge advantage for the Miami Hurricanes. And I think they both, you know, have excellent qualities that they'll bring to the table. And we, I mean, we can't forget some of the other guys. You, you mentioned Machado, but who knows what, what uh, you know, a possible Ja'Kurri Brown who may commit to Miami could bring. And who knows if even Caden Martin, you know, I know he, he's talking about baseball, football, and possibly getting drafted. But, hey, you got to go back to a guy named Kyle, Kyle Murray, right? This yeah. is the guy who came out of high school, one of the top prospects in baseball. Everyone thought he was going to get drafted. Look at him now. He, he started at Oklahoma, did great things, and now he's the starting quarterback at the Cardinals. Who knows what happens with Caden Martin, too? You know, his pops is, is, is well-bred into the football. Oh, I know.
3: Listen, if that kid gets a top-10 pick in MLB, there ain't no way he's coming to Miami. <laughs> it's just <laughs> like that money. I, I mean, listen, but see, and that's where I feel like more kids, like forget about the money. The money's going to be there. If you're that good, that money's going to be there. Come enjoy college for, you know, a couple years, experience it play on the collegiate level, whether it's baseball, you can, you know, you can do dual sports. You know, a lot of people don't remember David Thompson, you know, he played third base at the university of Miami, but he was also a quarterback on the football team, but he decided to kind of just stay with baseball and, and, you know, and and run with baseball, which in in my eyes was beneficial for him. So, you know, again, I I love like the Ja'Curry Brown, like you just mentioned, I think would be a huge asset to the quarterback room. But at the end of the day too, it's like, how many young guys can you have? Like, you know, After – when King leaves, like, you have no upperclassmen as far as your, like, legitimate quarterbacks. Does Miami go out and look for a a transfer quarterback, you know, next season to try to come bring somebody in with, you know, again, a little bit more maturity, you know, because you don't know what's going to happen. Obviously, we don't know what the schedule per se is going to be like for 2022. Um, But, you know, I'm a big proponent. Like, you have Brad Kaya come in, start pretty much as a freshman, and you rode with him for three years until he's decided to leave. So, maybe – you know, Jake Garcia, TBD, they run the same thing after this season, and we'll see what happens. So, I don't know, but it's definitely exciting to be able to finally talk about like football, football, football. Yeah. And, you know, again, this time last year is literally almost a year to the day that, you know, the COVID thing hit and sports shut down, right? So, I think, I think Canes had four, I think they had four practices last year, and then that was just, you know, cut. So, I think now being able to play a season, Again, was it a successful season? I think eight and three for me, going through what we went through, is a successful season. Obviously, coming off a six and seven season, you know, in 2019, it's definitely turning in the right direction. Manny's done the right things that he had to do from 2019 to 2020, and now he's doing the right things from 2020 to 2021. You get rid of Enos, you bring in Lashley, You, you know, you get rid of Baker, you know, and I think that was a mutual part thing, and you're bringing in people now that I think. You know, and there's no one to blame now. Right. You're going to call the, You're calling the defense. If your defense sucks, bro, that is legitimately all on you. There's no one to say, well, you know, hey, I didn't really call. No, bro. you It's on you this year. Yep. So let's see what happens. Um, I'm excited about it. That defense, you know, again, we were talking about the leaders on defense. You know, you got people like Bubba Bolden, James Williams. Um, You know, again, Amari Carter, Gervin Hall, Blades, Ivy, you know, no one's even talking about Tyreek Stevenson. I mean, like, bro, like, you're literally bringing in dogs. Like, you're bringing in people now, and you have upperclassmen. There's no reason to say, well, you know, we're young in this position. You're not young anywhere across the board, yeah. except for maybe yes. linebacker.
7: It's you know, interesting. Again, it's interesting you say that, Code, because I mean we're in a we're in a spot that Miami Hurricane fans aren't used to. Not only do we have proven coaches on the staff now, but now we just brought back ninety-one percent of our production from last year, which is second Correct. in college football. Right. Correct. So you talk about, I mean, these names that you mentioned. I think the great thing about this is we still Don't have, I mean, let's go back to, you know, the NCAA football game, which is obviously coming out 2023. I know a lot of people are hyped about that, but let's go back to that impact player, right? When you have those star logos under those guys where they're just the impact guys. And I think what makes this team very interesting is we have a lot of guys who we don't have many impact players on this team this year, but we have a lot of guys who still have a lot to prove. And they're in their third or fourth year, which makes a huge difference. And not only do we have those third or fourth year guys, where this is kind of their money year, and this is kind of all all or nothing, where they got to prove themselves in order to get drafted. But yeah. then we also have freshmen, not only true freshmen who we just got in this class, but we have freshmen from last season who are still going to be freshmen who have a lot to prove that want to take that starting spot. You know, the Keyshawn Smiths, the Michael Reddings, the the Jalen Knightens. And, I mean, yeah. when's the last time that the Miami Hurricanes has had not only five blue-chip players in the running back group, but, I mean, we are five, six deep at running back. We oh. haven't had that since the early 2000s when you go back to the Nigel Diving Ports, the Jared Paytons, the Quadrant Hills, Willis McGahee, Frank Gore, Clinton Portis. I mean, the list goes on. Yeah. And, again, it goes back to the word competition.
3: Yeah, no doubt. So let's do this. Let's go go to break real quick, and then uh, when we get back, um, I want to touch on the defense because I think it's going to be interesting to really get in and kind of dive into that right there. So we'll catch you guys real, real quick on the Kangang Gang Radio Show here on Sirius XM, Channel 145. We'll catch you guys on the flip. Yo,
11: what's up? Baby, let's go!
3: This is Tua by Lloyd. Yo, Sway Calloway. This
8: is Spice Adams. This is Michael, the Playmaker Everything. What's up?
9: This is Grok, and you're listening to Slam, Slam Radio, Radio. Serious XM. Yeah! Allison is perfect. I mean, she'd never tell you that. She's humble and perfect. She likes everyone. She even likes her untidy roommate's weird guinea pig. Allison, wait, are you texting and driving? Allison, no, that's the exact opposite of what I was just saying about you. Why, Allison, why? Texting and driving makes good people look bad. Visit stoptextstoprex.org. brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council.
6: Why should you volunteer with Meals on Wheels? I'll come to the door with one meal and I'll walk away with a full heart. Drop off a warm meal and get more than you expect. Volunteer at America Brought to you by Meals on Wheels America and the Ad Council. We'll
0: be back with Kane Gang on Sirius XM 145 Slam Radio. Good morning, amigo.
8: Just the two of us. We can make it if we try just the two of us.
10: You and I. Well, oh, you have the you
8: forgot the. Oh, uh, the two of us. We're building castles in the sky. Just the two of us. Go.
10: You know? There you go.
0: Good morning, amigo. Weekdays from 7 to 11, only on Series 6M, 145, Slam Radio. 180 over 111, and I had a stroke.
11: 145 over 92, and then I had a heart
7: attack. 150 over 90, and I had a stroke
3: Man, it's 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 crazy to think. And one name that stands out to me, Bird J. Man, and, and I think you guys might agree with this, and I know Brad probably agrees with this. Corey Flag, I think, is going to be a phenomenal player. We yeah. um, just saw. To me, he just resembles like that old school linebacker. No tape, no socks. Just you know, get out there. Yeah. <laughs> and roll, right, like like. But that's that's the mentality that you want. It's not about the gimmicks. It's not about the style. It's about the play. And I think that, you know, when he's on the field, you see it. Um, I think Sam Brooks can have an amazing year. Again, I go back to if your defensive tackles do what they're supposed to do. If they can clog up the middle, if they can take on the guards, not allow the guards to get out to the second level or the center to get out to the second level, I think our linebackers have free reign and free roaming ability to make play after play after play, where you don't need to have your safeties come, you know, playing, you know, 10 yards into the box. So I think our defensive tackles, whether it's Nesta, Ford, uh, Hunt, you know, Miller, those guys, I think, in order for the University of Miami to be successful, I'm not even talking about the ends. Your interior D tackles have to be the base of your foundation um, on that defense. J-Man, talk to me, Mr. Pessimist.
4: <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, you did you did touch on a good point, you know, with our with our interior D tackles. Um, you know, I, I've been saying for the last few weeks now that I think uh probably probably the the most you know one of the more important players to the success of our defense in the fact that you know if this guy has a great year then we could be a really good defense and if he you know has an okay year then we might struggle again is jared harrison hunt Um, i think we're desperate for a impact player for a star on the defensive line now that we've just lost two uh you know i mean we've lost so much talent in the last two years on defensive line we're kind of we're starving for another guy to step up and, and become a star. And I think Jared Harrison Hunt is the guy that can do that. Um, but back to Corey Flagg, um, I love Corey Flagg. You know, I, I think he's the kind of guy that, you know, junior, senior seasons, he could be in that all ACC, you know, second team, first team discussion. Um, I'm, I'm kind of getting the feeling, and, and, you know, I could be wrong on this. I'm kind of getting the feeling right now that it might be a year too early for that. Um, I, I do think he'll be our best linebacker. I'm worried about that position, though, because he's only a sophomore, right? Um, right. So, so I think it would be a little too much to put on his shoulders of saying, you know, he's going to break out. He's going to be an all ACC linebacker. I think that might be a little premature, but I think for the future, he's great, right? And I do think he'll be our best. I do think he'll be our best, uh, he'll, he'll be our best guy in 2021.
3: Bird, who do who do you like on the defensive side of the ball as far as interior interior alignment?
5: Uh, well, I mean, you know, JHH is the uh is the popular pick here, right? Um, you know, we I know we saw a lot of you know, we we saw a lot of good stuff out of him. So um, you know, I mean that's that's who I'd have to go with. I mean, and of course, you know, I'm on board with the Corey Flag situation too. Uh, you know, Zach McLeod, who when he joined us here on the Kane Gang show, was telling us that this guy is a junkyard dog. Like you know, he's just he's just got a, a, a the right mentality he's got it upstairs he's ready to go but you know I'm also gonna gonna say if Zach McLeod at 63 can get himself up in that 270 pound range watch out for him with a year with the with an offseason of Jess Simpson coaching him uh watch out for him to be the oh my god I can't believe how much I like watching Zach McLeod play this year as opposed to oh my god get that guy off the field like we kind of were last year
3: you know, Brad, I know you're a big Jess Simpson fan, and so am I. I think he just brings energy, passion, kind of reminds me of, like, the Kehoe on the offensive side of the ball, right? And, and and I think that's what's missing. Like, sometimes it's not about yelling at these kids to try to get stuff out of the kids. It's about mentoring the kids and teaching the kids and be able to instruct them in how to – do something, whether it's a spin move, a, a, a swim move, you know, construction criticism to me goes a long ways, right? But you don't have to be rate somebody. When I was building the short Center down at the University of Miami, um, through the Golden and the D'Onofrio years. I would sit out there and watch, watch and literally listen to the be rate these kids up and down. And I'm like, what a douche. Like, I, like literally if, if I was playing, like, I don't know wh- how I would not like resist not punching dudes square in his nose, you know, but again, you can't do that, right? I mean, but at some point, there's a certain way t- in order to get the most out of your players, and I think that way is by constructive criticism
7: and teaching. Talk to me about Jeff Simpson, Brad. Yeah, man, I think um, as far as Jeff Simpson, I think the structure and foundation is very important. You, you talk about Jeff Simpson. He, he's a guy that, I mean, obviously has been a legend head coach in, in the state of Georgia for, I mean, 20-plus years. What he's done at the Atlanta Falcons, I mean, you, you can't pass that up. I mean, he's one of the only coaching staffs on on the team that has that type of, you know, resume. And yeah. when you look at Coach Simpson, I, I mean, obviously, the Jarrett, uh, the Harrison Hunts, the Nessa Rose, those are the obvious picks, right? But when I look at Simpson, especially at the D tackles, you have to look at some of these, you know, unknown names, some of these quiet names under the radar. For instance, you know, the Jordan Millers, you know, uh, this is a, a, a young man that Jeff Simpson recruited out of high school his first year. With the Miami Hurricanes, which was also just Simpson's first year. Correct. Jordan Miller was one of our most standout guys in the interior line. So I expect Jordan Miller to have a standout year. I also think someone like Elijah Roberts, who's been putting a lot of weight in the weight room, um yeah, the work, dude is getting big. I mean, between the Coach Feely program and what Coach Simpson is going to do on a technique standpoint, I think Elijah Roberts is another name to look for. And, and I mean, going back to the linebackers, obviously Corey Flag is going to be a big name. You know, all the work he's putting on the off season, um, whether it be training, you know, a- acting like a boxer and getting that footwork right to where he's staying on the field a lot more, right. which is one of his downfalls on this past year. Me personally, I think the guy to look for is gonna be Tyreek Austin Cave. I think he has a lot of abilities and a lot of tools to bring to the table. He's one of those guys that has a chip on his shoulder, not playing much last year. And he has the physical, I mean, specimen to to pretty much do anything that anyone on this team can do. And I think he has all the traits in the world to, to be that next linebacker. Me personally, I think Flag and Cave are the guys to watch. Um, but obviously, the Sam Brooks, the Avery Huffs, even a, a young man like uh Deshaun Troutman, who's obviously an incoming freshman. I think just the work ethic he brings, that dog mentality that you talked about, Coe, it's going to be hard to keep him off the field. Yeah. He's gonna be one of those uh guys that start out like on the special teams and kind of works his way into the rotation, similar to like a Travis Homer.
3: Gotcha. So, J man, talk to me about someone like and, and again, you brought out Troutman, but. I was thinking of someone like Davis. You know, again, it's it's another young kid out of Georgia um, that I think can really make some noise, whether it be on special teams or you know coming off an end or something like that. But no one's really even talking about Leonard Taylor. Like, and that that's a name yeah. when you're talking about the number three ranked player in the, you know in the, in the country. And if yeah. you watch some of you know his uh, IG or Twitter feeds and. Like literally he's in there putting to work in man. He's, he's squatting, he's benching. Like he's, he's putting it working. Jamie talk to me what you think about, you know, someone like Leonard Taylor and Thomas Davis.
4: So, so Taylor is a spectacular talent. I mean, that's evident in, you know, being ranked as the third overall recruit in the country. Um, where I start to hesitate for this upcoming season is the like defensive tackle is a grown man position. Right. 100%. And, and so that is, that's a position where every single year, year of maturity counts. You know what I mean? It's like, it, it's hard to expect an 18 year old to come in and throw around 22, 23 year olds. Right. Like, like that's not a given, yeah. uh, no matter how talented a guy is. So um, would I be shocked if Leonard Taylor is very disruptive and makes some noise this year. No, I wouldn't be shocked at all because he has the pedigree. He has the physical ability. Like that's what we expect out of him eventually. Um, however, it's not something I'd predict for that reason. I, you know, I defensive tackle is not a position where I would think that pretty you much day
3: be- freshman to start.
4: That is so tough, man. Like I don't care who it is. Like it, it's not likely. You know what I mean?
7: So, and it's interesting you say that, j man, because we were just in this position two or three years ago when we ended up signing Nessa Rivera, and like we were kind of like all in on him to kind of you know make that debut yeah. start as a freshman and put so much weight on him. And yeah. I think now with Coach Simpson and the quality depth that we created, yeah. specifically in the defensive tackle position, we don't have to put all of that you know pressure on, on a Leonard Taylor from day one. He could kind of just fill in that rotation. And I think that's where we're kind of on the other side of things, and it kind of benefits us.
3: So this is where I think we talked about before, like Bird, where, you know, you have all these freshmen and you have high-quality freshmen. I mean, yeah, you you know, mostly three-star and above, right? Now, we talk about some of the games against your eligibility, like the Central Connecticut game, right? Like, to me, that's a game that you literally play every single freshman – if King's back, ready to play, great. But he doesn't even play that game. Yeah. That's your QB two. You know, maybe don't it's your. Even dress your him, man. That's what I'm saying, right? There's yeah. no, there's no, there's no reason to even take an opportunity to waste him in that game per se, right? Yeah. So again, the Leonard Taylors, the James Williams, like we don't know what's gonna happen with Avante Williams. Like you know, that's another name that you know I know he just quote unquote got cleared. Um, but again, we have to wait to see what's going to happen there. Like yeah. so, but those are the games that you really just kind of throw all your freshmen and let them run wild. I mean, yeah. you have dogs, now you, you have ballers. So, Bird, do you agree with that statement?
5: Absolutely, man. Absolutely. I mean, look, I hate the fact that we're going to play this Central Connecticut school. I mean, I'd rather it be if, if we're going to play a you know a, a you know a, a non-power or you know a non-division one team. You know that it would be like a Bethune cook band or somebody with an awesome band, right. You know, a fam, you central Connecticut, at least it gives us something to watch. I mean, I love, I love the bands when, when those guys come and everything, but uh yeah, I mean, you know, let's get the younger guys out there. Let's give them some run. Let's see what they can do. I mean, Hey, if it's not, if, if not for that Lorenzo Lingard, man, never seen a carry
7: here.
3: Savannah state, baby. Come on. talk <laughs> That was, it. That was so- it. I don't think he's seen one since he left either. <laughs>
7: I don't know. I don't know. I don't know, man. I think uh, I think we, we should take the center of Connecticut game for granted. You know, I think uh, you open up with Alabama. You got Michigan State and App State on top of that. I mean, you need you need some type of break in that four game and that four game stretch. I mean, this is the first time in a long time that you look at our first three to four games. This is probably our toughest schedule. First three to four games that we've had in a very long time. And again, you go back to this roster. We have a lot of guys on this team they have a lot to prove and they're going to have to prove it day one and i think uh there's a lot of expectations that need to be met
5: well it's it's so, the toughest schedule because you know you're you're starting out with alabama right but let's i mean let's be real you know everybody keeps thinking michigan state is this threat and i think they're only coaching. a threat in name
7: coaching uh, what did they do last year that, i'm telling you their nothing. coaching their coaching, is is lot, their coaching staff is last their coaching staff's a lot better than you think
3: so so brad I'm, I'm going to talk to you about that because that's a valid point right cuz I do believe last year they just – it was a down year. You had a coaching change. This, Gosh, I don't even want to say this, J-Man. You can, like, pinch me or hit me late because I say this. I think it's the same thing that's going to happen with Florida State. Florida State's making moves as far as the portal. They're – like, Norvell's building something up there, right? So, again, it takes a year or two for the coaches to finally get, you know, acclimated to the system – For the guys to buy into the system you know a lot of guys opted out and decided to you know go to the draft this year out of florida state you know not coming back um and and i think that's only helping norvell because i think and i have some friends who are real big florida state fans so they were kind of giving me some some backstory on that um but again just like michigan state with the coaching change it takes a year florida state Again, even though they haven't done well the last couple of years, just like the University of Miami, like like that logo still holds weight, right? It's it's just something about, you know, that logo. Same thing with Miami. So, you know, it's I'm optimistic and hopefully that we still we put a, we put another 50 burger on this year up in Tally, but I wouldn't expect that. Um, I, I expect them to be better this year than they were last year.
5: I don't expect 50, right? But let's be real, their entire roster is completely depleted i mean you looked out look up and down it there's not much there right there is you know they are definitely loose on talent but you know i think they did Mackenzie get a lot milton of light it
3: up mckenzie milton going right after number five all game
5: <laughs> <laughs> him, and his, him and his plastic knee
3: <laughs> oh my word you know and the funny thing is i wanted to touch brad we were talking earlier and you said something about you know the video clips you know about you know waiting to see clips do you guys actually think those clips are staged I swear sometimes I think like they literally make a clip just to put it out there. Oh okay, God, okay, you run a post route, you DB, you missed the ball, and everybody screened so we can put it out.
7: Listen, Co. you know how I know it's staged. I am one of those people that like are really in depth with those videos. And that first video that just dropped for this season, you know, you know who started the video on that video? The player that was the first person to be shown on that video? Mark Pope. That's that's how you know it's staged right there because that is one player. <laughs> that so many fans have been on, been riding against this whole past season. And for you to start your first video of this next upcoming season with all the additions you've had, regardless if it's a coach or a player and all the other guys, you start out the video with Mark Pope. That shows right there that it states and that there's something to be proven. And I think it goes goes back again to all these players on this team. There are so many guys on this team who have a lot to prove. And, I mean, it's make or break for a lot of them. And unfortunately, I think we're at a point now where we have quality depth behind them to where if they don't prove it on Green Tree, I'm hoping, I'm hoping it's a little bit different than the past. And we actually play the best players on the football field instead of seniority.
5: Well, we, we we know that I wouldn't say that they're staged in the fact of people like, OK, hey, Mark, go run this way. I mean, they're recording it, but the the narrative coming through of how they're editing it and showing Mark first, absolutely agree with that you know, one thing with Manny with this program is is that he doesn't want anything going on. I mean, he's putting the bare minimum out. I mean, last season, what did we get? Probably seven minutes of, of film combined, you know, of this is what was happening in practice with a little bit of music behind it and whatnot, where, you know, they're looking to make sure we don't see, you know, a sling on somebody's shoulder or, or something like that. I mean, you know, Manny is completely secretive with everything that happens in the program. He doesn't even, you know, mark rick when mark rick was coach we used to get a uh, a list of the uniform combos before every game here it's saturday morning and we got to find out you know what we're wearing it's like dude you can at least tell us that man so he keeps every single piece of information that yeah. he can as close to himself as possible
3: hey guys man it's been a great 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 episodes today and uh i didn't even realize what time it was man we burned through that two hours really really quick so uh Man, I hope everybody had a good time. hope you guys enjoyed what we talked about. Look forward to the spring ball this week. Uh, you know, J-Man, Bird, Brad, man, it's been a, definitely a good chop on it up here today, and uh, look forward to doing it next week. What do you guys think? Absolutely, yeah, man. man. Can't, Can't wait, wait for man. baseball tonight,
5: man. The night, man.
7: Monday. Monday wait for
3: spring, us, Oh, yeah.
7: Mon- Monday it starts, man. The journey begins.
3: Listen, you know, we didn't even really talk about that either, but, you know, again, Kane's baseball tonight uh i to take two or three from wake this weekend and then big weekend next uh with florida state man so we'll see what happens all right man you guys listen to the king gang radio show on sirius xm channel 145 slam radio um you guys can't see any of this right now but you know we got the j man we got brad we got bud long and uh and my boy rick dragon so uh you guys enjoy Hi, enjoy, enjoy your afternoon and uh we'll holler at y'all later
0: The views and opinions expressed on Kane Gang are entirely those of the hosts, guests, and callers and do not necessarily reflect the opinions of Slam Radio.